Money FM 89.3, the best of the afternoon update. Thanks for staying with us here on the afternoon update on Money FM 89.3. We've been tracking the markets closely for you today all week and you know what, all of the time to keep you up to speed on what you need to know on the latest market moves and news. I'm Rachel Kelly. <laughs> and I'm Hong Vin Jong. And we of course have on the line the one and only Jeff Howie, market strategist at the SGX. Jeff, Happy New Year. Welcome back. <laughs> yeah, great to be here. Thanks, Rachel. Thanks, Hong Vin. Hello. Hey. How have you been? Did you have a good break over the holidays? Yeah, I love that week between Christmas and New Year. I always think it's the best week here, and thankfully it didn't rain much. So we had a we had a wonderful time seeing the sights, uh, welcoming the New Year from Sentosa, and uh, and it was uh, yeah really special. So some great quality family time, and I hope you and the listeners also had that as well. And that's what you need. That's a perfect way to enter the new year, right? Yeah, 100%. Family time. Yeah. Okay, Jeff, let's get into it and talk about how markets have been performing this week. It looks like they're going to end the week on a positive note. Just having a quick look at the SGI now up over half percent at 3,285 points. Not a bad showing. It's been a pretty good start to the new year. Yeah, It so, so it's about... 10 points, 9 points higher than where it closed last week. Mm -hmm. So it's essentially kind of flat on the week, maybe. So what's that, up three-tenths of a percent? But it also means the SDI is up 1% so far this year. Now, earlier this week on the Monday, we did actually make a seven-month high on the index at 33.43. But that's um, 60 points now above where we are right now. Um, and, and really where the SDI has returned to, safe ground, returning back to that 3,300 uh, to 3,250-trading mm. range zone, where it really has spent the majority of the time for the past two months. Mm. So, Jeff, who were the biggest movers this week? Okay, within the SDI, Hongbin, you had Venture Corp and mm. our national carrier, Singapore Airlines, and mm. then Maple Tree Pan Asia Commercial Trust, which of course includes Vivo City and uh, Keppel DC REIT and Gunting Singapore were our strongest within the SDI. Mm. So Venture Corp's up 5% so far this week, Gunting Singapore's up 3%. And then on the uh, other side of the coin, you had Jardine Matheson Holdings, DFI Retail Group Holdings leading the decliners. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit of US dollar uh, reason there as well, because the US dollar has come off mm-hmm. somewhat. But then we had Singtel, Emperor, and UOB uh, among the biggest decliners as well. Should add as well, beyond the STI, we did have Brent crude oil up 6% this week. Mm-hmm. So the likes of Rex International are up 5%, Geo Energy Resources up 5%, and RH Petrogas is up 4%. So we've got to talk about what's moving markets this week. I've got a question for you about uh, the recent secondary listing of Comatech, but uh, Telcom, but we'll get into that a bit later on. I think we need to talk about those U.S. inflation numbers that were yep. released last night mm-hmm. first, because that's really what's uh, uh, buoyed markets today, as well as not forgetting China's reopening. That's been a big conversation this, as we come and start the new year. So talk to us. What were your thoughts on the inflation numbers? Yeah, look, it was expected, uh, a little bit better than expected. So the CPI All Items Index, it's decelerated now for six consecutive months, and it came uh, in December down to 6.5% growth year-on-year. Year. Now, that's down from 7.1% in November, and decent uh, margin now from the high of 9.1%, which was back in June last year. So what led the decline uh, just in December was gasoline prices, uh, and that's with the broader energy supply and, mm. I guess, 
continued normalisation of, of that sector. Uh, but throughout the week, what was interesting was um, the Fed speak or the Fed, Fed Federal Reserve speakers. They showed this building consensus that a 25 basis point hike rather than a 50 basis point hike or mm-hmm. a 75 basis point hike as we've seen could it actually be on the cards uh, come the 1st of February mm-hmm. when in the FOMC next meet. So should the CPI uh, be, you know, continue to fall in tandem with the wages growth? That was the narrative that the Fed were pushing. Uh, and that data was confirmed on Thursday evening. So the CME FedWatch tool now expects that the FOMC will increase the Fed funds rate 25 basis points when it next meets. Um, expectations are as high as 95%. That's up from 63% a week ago and up from 35%, up significantly from 35% a month ago when majority expectations were more anchored at a 50 basis point hike. Now, um, the impact on markets, uh, the 6.5% print, as we said, it was slightly below expectations or better than expectations. And it means the US dollar index, it has continued its gradual decline pace. So it's now trading at a low to mid 102 handle versus being up around 1%, 2% higher at the end of last week. Mm-hmm. And 10-year US yields are also declining in tandem. So now they're below 3.5%. The more growth-aligned tech sector and somewhat rate-sensitive REIT sector, they have led global stock so far this week on this development. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, like, I guess, the US currency and treasuries, though, they're outpacing. It wasn't really big because the, the number was uh, into expectations. But we are seeing here in Singapore ETF land, we're seeing marginally less hawkish outlook um, of this year so far. Uh, seeing regional investors um, in the corporate high-yield market react more positively. I think the globe's largest Asia high-yield bond ETF has recorded something like 35 million plus of net inflows since the start of the year, and that's versus net outflows of close to 150 million in the last quarter of last year. So if uh, 25 basis points Mm. um, is on the cards now, is on the table now for the U.S. Fed's next meeting. How will that impact Singapore shares and, of course, the Singapore dollar, Jeff? Yeah, look, uh, uh, following that, this uh, 8th of February FOMC, mm-hmm. um, I think for the Fed, the expectations are that the Fed funds rate will peak uh, with a successive 25 basis point hike again on the 8th mm-hmm. of March, and then they'll pivot in May, in early May, and then remain at the peak rate uh, until the 1st of November. Okay. That's the current expectations. Now, what it means here uh, is, is very, that's very much type of in line, uh, maybe a little bit less, a little bit less hawkish than we expected in December. But back in December, you might recall we had that uh, MAS survey of professional forecasters, and, and most of the respondents did not actually expect the MAS to adjust its monetary policy stance in either April or October this year. Mm-hmm. If I recall right, it was a 33% of respondents expecting we might have an increase in the slope of the nominal effective exchange rate policy band in the April review. Mm. So, Jeff, earlier yep. on, we spoke briefly about China's reopening. I mean, it is no doubt impacting many countries, companies, and much, much more. Uh, but I want to talk to you about what impact it's going to have on Singapore's economy. Yeah, look, the, it's, I guess, it, well, first of all, it, it's had an impact uh, across the region in terms of performance. Hang Seng and the FTSE China A50 mm-hmm. have definitely led the APEC benchmarks so far this month, 
I think what was important was China definitely keeping to that scheduled reopening of its borders mm-hmm. back on Sunday. Um, and why that's important, particularly for Singapore, is for context, back in 2019, the Economist magazine observed that Chinese travellers racked up nearly 150 million trips abroad back in 2018. So pre-COVID, mm. one in five of the tourists into Singapore actually yeah. did come from China. And China is also our largest trading partner, and indeed it's the globe's largest trading partner. So given also that China's new foreign minister, Qin Gang, has pledged to, I guess, what, what was the quote, care, and, uh, care about and support the growth of China-US relations, uh, it does help to alleviate some of the geopolitical concerns that have been on the radar of companies in recent years. Um, but I think more important than those trade relations, the outlook for consumer growth in China is super important, not just for Singapore, but the world. And that does hinge somewhat on, uh, yes, China's ability to overcome this current uh, XBB 1.5 strain, which is, is seen to be more contagious but less severe. Um, so this is super important and, and much is contingent on that because our non-oil domestic export growth, our Nordics growth, yeah. accelerated from 12%, uh, 12% in 2021 to should come in around 4% last year. Um, and that's really been led by weaker demand from China since July. Singapore's seen year-on-year declines in exports to China in the vicinity of 30% year-on-year for back in November, October and September, and it was in the vicinity of 20% back in uh, August and July. So um, the Nordex number is due Tuesday. It's expected to be a decline of 16% year-on-year, um, and that's down from 15% year-on-year in November. So that brings that Nordex number down to potentially around the 4% level for the whole of last year. But the benefits, I guess, of these new optimised COVID measures, they would expect to start flowing through in Nordex in coming in mm. our Nordic number in coming months. But I think aside for trade, that outlook for trade-centred economies and the outward-orientated industries, etc., as we said, it is also not just dependent on consumer growth in China, but the extent of this current semiconductor downturn we're seeing. And of course, from a capital market perspective, that ability for Asia to pull funds back from the US dollar denominated markets as that US dollar comes down and um, it, it approaches its, its, its peak rate. Whoa, Jeff, a lot to digest there. <laughs> Sorry, I'll do it. Did it again. <laughs> that was wonderful. That was Sorry. wonderful. Okay, okay. I was just keeping it here in Singapore. Um, I just wanted to ask you, you know, it's been just over a week since SGX uh, welcomed the secondary listing of Comatelcom Systems Holdings. Yeah. Uh, this is a secondary listing. It's got its primary listing in Hong Kong. And it seems that trading is uh, relatively flat since listing. But perhaps you can tell us a little bit more about Comatelcom and uh, its performance. Yeah, uh, first of all, I mean, an issuance of shares in Mm. Singapore would obviously benefit the the listing, like we saw with Emperador and uh, and Neo, which have Mm. been um, seen a lot more than we expected in terms of trading participation. But this, yeah, this is this global solutions uh, provider of wireless and information communication systems that is somewhat. Obviously, active in Singapore, it's it's aligned with the 5G themes. It, mm-hmm. it basically has this big global consumer customer base. Uh, Vodafone, Airtel, China Mobile uh, are a few of the na- names, uh, to just just but just by example. But yeah, it's um, you know this is this is a really important industry uh, for Singapore, Rachel. Um, ICT in particular, where, where, which this company represents. Um, 
you've got Singtel as well, which mm-hmm. you know, as we as we've seen uh, with its uh, NCS business and the ability to get NCS as its own autonomous entity with Singapore, within the Singapore, Singtel Group, has been super important for its digitalization drive, uh, and digitalization, of course. Um, is also a first priority when it comes to the Singapore government's uh, policies, as as Minister Wong uh, pointed out in the budget last year. Um, so, yeah, I think it's 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 in a very important super sector for Singapore, uh, and obviously super relevant. And it's great that they the the company is now part of us uh, listing on the SGX as a secondary listing with the primary listing in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I guess, like like very much a number of our companies, it's 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 an international company with a nice mix of revenue by geography. I think China accounted for seventy percent of its revenue um, okay. for its six months of twenty twenty two. So, yeah, very mm. interesting. Mm. Well, speaking of companies, earnings season just around the corner. What yeah. are you looking out for, Jeff? Okay, so we got Maple Tree Logistics Trust. I think third quarter results on mm-hmm. Thursday, and then Suntech REIT will report its full year for 2022 on Friday. So it's a super important time, uh, as you said, Hongbin. So mm-hmm. February through to March, we're going to see some 400 stocks report their FY22s, which is going to be really important. Lots of sleepless nights for you, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what else should we look out for um, as we are halfway through the first month of the year? What else are you looking out for this month? I think central banks, regional central mm. banks are super important. So we've got uh, Bank Negara Malaysia on Thursday. We've got Bank Indonesia on Thursday as well. And then uh, China, of course, we've got the loan prime rate fixings, I think, on Friday and Bank of Japan on Wednesday. So that's going to be super important. Um the Singapore stock market will be open all all, all of next week, but uh, the following week will be closed on Monday and Tuesday for Chinese New Year. And uh, as these earnings start trickling through, questions for investors will be how much does growth impact the stock, how much does inflation uh, impact the stocks, uh, and uh, we need to see what the, the what the growth outlook is doing for the potential for reduced sales mm. uh, and revenue, and then see what the inflation is doing for higher operational costs, and hence um, how much margin compression there is. So it will be um, it's going to be a really important next six weeks or so. And looking longer term, Jeff, I think a lot of investors are excited and looking forward to this change that we've seen on the SGX world, the change that's going to be implemented for listed companies that takes effect. I think it's for annual reports prepared for the financial years ending on or after December 31st, 2024. And that's the disclosure of salaries. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> more and more transparency. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it. Is, uh, yeah, which is good. More and more information and also, I guess, not just from a regulatory point of view, but when we look across Singapore, I've seen a lot of banks and brokers are working very hard now to engage their investors uh, in engagement events and conferences and market outlook sessions, um, more so uh, that drive uh, to meet face-to-face after we've been in virtual world so long. So if you are an investor there and, and you haven't ha- had a chance to be in contact with your broker or your remiser, please make sure you give them a call. Okay, Jeff. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jeff. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Thank you. We've been speaking with Jeff Howie, market strategist at the SGX. You're listening to Money FM 89.3, where Singapore's most influential radio station. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.